Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are a miracle-working God. There are certain things in life that only you can do as we just sang together about. And right now, as we start into this new year of 2021, we pray for your presence, your power, your goodness, your love, your truth to be part of our lives. God, we, we want to start this new year with you at the very center of our lives. And so as we turn to your word today, we pray that you will open our hearts, open our spirits, open our lives, that we might receive your truth and that we might live it out this week in the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy New Year. Now, I know I already said that during the welcome, but I'm just so glad to have 2020 in the books, right? I mean, we don't know what 2021 is going to bring, but whatever it brings, I think we're better prepared than we were when we were blindsided by that whole COVID deal back in March of 2020 and and how it's continued to have impact on us. Well, today we're going to be launching a new series, and that series is called New Beginnings, If I Had a Do-Over. At this time of year, you know, January, as we flip over the calendar from an old year to a new year, many of us make resolutions or vows, or we just sort of stop and pause and maybe rethink our lives a little bit. And when I do that, one of the things I often say is, wow, if I had a chance to do that over again, I would do it differently. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that, but I'm guessing you probably have. Here's a vital truth that we're going to start off with as we start this series, If I Had a Do-Over. It's this. While we don't have do-overs, we can have new beginnings. While we can't have do-overs or don't have do-overs, we can have new beginnings. Pastor Barry, Pastor Alex, and I are going to take this five weeks, and we're going to look at things where we wish we could have do-overs in our lives. But since we can't have do-overs, we're going to talk about the new beginnings that we can have in each of these areas. So let's look at our first take-home point for 2021. For those of you who are watching with us for the very first time, welcome. We're so glad you are with us. But the take-home point is that one point that I'm going to make from Scripture that we want to take home with us, we want to live it out in the week ahead. So here it is. New beginnings start with Jesus. New beginnings start with Jesus. Now, you probably would have expected me to say something like that, right? But it's true. Every lasting new beginning in our lives starts with Jesus Christ, who is Savior and Lord in our lives. During this month of January, we're going to focus on the new beginning, which is The beginning when Jesus becomes Lord of our lives and we become new creations. We're going to be doing that today. And then next weekend, we're going to talk about fasting. We're going to be kicking off, as I said earlier, the Pursuit 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting next week. And if I had an area, any area of my life where I could have a do-over, I'm going to tell you it would be in the area of fasting, both personally and what I would have done in leading every church I've ever led as far as taking fasting more fiercely more seriously. Now, I don't get a new do-over. None of us get do-overs. But what we can do is we can start right now and we can participate in this life-transforming experience of fasting and prayer for the 21 days starting on January 10th. And we're going to talk about that next weekend. The following weekend, Pastor Alex is going to talk about an area where I think all of us probably wish we had some do-overs, and that's the area of our personal relationships with others. And then the following week, I will be talking about accountability, both our accountability with God and what it means to have accountability partner, because accountability partners can help us to grow in every area of our life with Jesus. And then finally, in the fifth week of the series, Pastor Barry is going to talk about how we can have a new beginning in our most important relationship of all, 
That's our relationship with God. I'm, enthu- I'm enthusiastic about every one of these messages because I think if we had a new beginning in all of those areas as we start into 2021, 2021 is going to be a great year. So the biggest do-over I would take if I had the opportunity is simply this. I would give Jesus first place in my life sooner and I would commit daily to seeking him first. Obviously, neither you nor I or anyone can start serving Jesus sooner than we did. We can't put him first in our lives sooner than we did. But if the take-home point is right and Jesus is the start of every new beginning, then we can start right now and we can commit to putting Jesus first in our life and we can put him first every single day. Now, I could have trusted Jesus when I was five or six years old. I want you to think about that. When could you have trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord in your life? I could have done it when I was five or six. The reason I say that is because I had enough information about my life. I knew that I was a sinner, and I knew that I couldn't fix that. I grew up in a Bible-believing church, so I knew from the time I was probably four or five that the way to get a relationship with God was to repent of my sins, to believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and to be baptized and to follow Him the rest of my life. I already had enough information, but you know what I always say, information minus application is just information. I knew what to do, but I didn't do it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever known what to do, but you just didn't do it? John Maxwell once said this, most Christians in America are educated far beyond the level of their obedience or our obedience. I'm definitely one of those Christians. Are you? As we start this new year, as we consider how to live it, do you want to live it for Jesus? Do you want him to be first in your life? If that answer to those questions is yes, then let's look at what that means. Right now, if you have your Bible or Bible app, and I would encourage you, every time you come to worship online with us in this year of 2021, have your Bible or your Bible app handy so you can turn to the Bible and you can keep it open as we're going through the message. Because here at New Life, when we talk about the Bible, we don't just read it and then sort of forget about it and then just talk about whatever we want to. We sort of work our way through what the Scripture says as we're Um, as we're leading and teaching each week. So I would encourage you to have your Bible. If you don't, that's okay because it'll be on the screen. But before we turn to 2 Corinthians 5.17, which is where we're going to start today, I want to give you a little bit of background. The Corinthian church was a church that Paul started and they struggled to put Jesus first in their lives. In In fact, Jesus wasn't first in Paul's life either. Paul admitted that to the Corinthian believers. He said, you know, I used to think of Jesus just as an average person. In fact, I persecuted the church. I didn't want to believe that Jesus was the Messiah or the Christ, God's anointed one, that he was God's son. And so I treated him like any other human being. But I don't do that anymore because now I know who he really is. And because Paul knew who Jesus really was, This is what he wrote to the Corinthian believers. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, while it might not seem like it, probably the most important word in those couple of sentences is the word in. If anyone is in Christ. The reason it's the most important word is because to be in Christ means to be immersed in Christ. It means to be connected to him, to be bonded to him. It means that that relationship that we have with Jesus Christ defines us. We stop being casual acquaintances and Jesus becomes the head 
of our bodies. You know, the Apostle Paul loved the image of the church as the body of Jesus Christ. He said Jesus was the head and each of us are members. And that's actually true for each of us individually as well. Let's think about that analogy for a moment. The head contains the brain. And what does the brain do? It controls and drives everything about us. The brain actually drives our thinking. It drives our acting, our motivations, and our movements. And so that's what Jesus does for his body, the church. And it's what he does for each and every one of us when we are in him. So that's why Paul wrote, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. You talk about a do-over. I mean, that's a whole new beginning for sure. And that's why Jesus told Nicodemus, during his ministry, Nicodemus was a religious leader who came to him to talk about spiritual matters. And Jesus said, look, if you want to have eternal life, you have to be born again. Following Jesus is not a religion. It's a relationship. But it's even more than a relationship. It's a whole new life. Paul said that the old life has passed away and a new life has come. One of the biggest challenges to that reality being yours is that we've made some artificial distinctions in the church which can cause us to believe that some people are supposed to be more in Christ than others. Let me tell you what I mean. Sometimes I've said to someone, man, I had such a, a great prayer time today, or I had a wonderful Bible study, or, or I'm, more recently what I'm likely to say is, well, my time of fasting really made an impact. And what people say is, well, well that's because you're a pastor. As if me being a pastor means that I should be more in Christ than everybody else. You know what being a pastor means? It means that I have more time to invest in church activities than you do. It doesn't mean I have more time to pray than you do. I recently looked at a survey, which was done by Lifeway Resources, and it was a survey of pastors and how much time they invest in prayer. And what the, the survey said was that the average pastor in America invests 30 minutes a day in prayer, just 30 and only eight of those minutes are invested in listening to God. Now, as we start 2021, how we schedule our time with Jesus is so important because if he's going to be first, we need to schedule him first. And I know what some of you are thinking. Wait a minute. I'm not scheduling time with Jesus. That sounds so rigid. I mean, that doesn't sound like a relationship. It sounds like work. Because the reason I know that some of you are thinking that is that's how I used to think before I realized that if I don't schedule Jesus into my schedule, then everybody else is going to get scheduled in and Jesus is going to get left out. But since I've been scheduling time with Jesus, before I scheduled time with Jesus, I'd get 20 or 30 minutes a day in prayer like the average pastor in America. But now I schedule him first. He's on my calendar, first thing. And now I invest an hour at least and usually up to two hours every day with Jesus. Now, I think what you might be thinking right now is, wait a minute, I can't do that. I have work, I have school, or I have two, four, six kids at home that I'm taking care of. I just don't have the time. Now, first, let me say, there are seasons in our life when it is more challenging to carve out time than others for being with Jesus or for anything in our lives. But here's the truth. The truth of the matter is that in 2020, I found more time than I've ever found before to be with Jesus simply because of the limited interaction, you know, in other areas because of some of the stay-at-home orders and all those kind of things. When we have that extra time, we can actually schedule it so that it doesn't just sort of fade away or be used in purposes other than uh, doing what would bless us because it will draw us closer to Jesus. I certainly hope that 2021 is more normal than 2020. But whatever the schedule is like, whatever life is like, 
if we are new creations in Jesus, then our schedules ought to reflect that. Paul went on to write, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. The key to the new lives we live is this. New life is God's gift to us. New life is God's gift to us. We can't manufacture new lives. Like we can't go to the gym and work out and get a new life. We can't, you know, start a new diet and have a new life. Certainly exercising and eating better can make the lives that we're living, whatever they are, more effective. But only God can give us new lives. Paul said that that new life life came from Jesus reconciling us to himself. Now, and then he said, we now have the ministry of reconciliation. So what is reconciliation? It is the act of bringing together two parties who differed. And in this, this case, the two parties who differed were God and us. You differed from God. I differed from God. We were separated because of our sin. And so what we need to do and what we need to understand is this pivotal truth of the Christian faith. Nothing we can do, nothing we can do will reconcile us to God. Only Jesus' blood shed on the cross reconciles us. Every religion in the world is about the person doing something to please or appease the God and and maybe get into a relationship if they even believe that the God is relational. But you, we, we can't do anything. There's nothing that we can do that's going to reconcile us to God. God is holy and perfect, and we can't be holy and perfect. So now, because God decided he loved us so much that he wasn't willing for that relationship to remain broken, he did something to reconcile us to himself. That is, he sent his own son, Jesus, to die on the cross after living a perfect life so we can have that new life. And now we have the opportunity to share that new life with others. We have the opportunity to be, opportunity to be ministers of reconciliation. Do you remember the take-home point? I said new beginnings start with Jesus. That's why. We cannot start being ministers of reconciliation to others until we have been reconciled to God ourselves in Jesus Christ. The new beginning, our lives being born again or becoming new creations, all of it starts with Jesus' sacrifice for us. And once we experience that, we are in Christ. We are in Jesus. And from that moment forward, we have a ministry of reconciliation. And that's not just a call for pastors or missionaries. That's a call for every single one of us who have Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord in our lives. So Paul added another way of looking at our calling to be reconcilers when he said this, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We, you and I, are ambassadors for Christ. Note that Paul didn't say, after you've been following Jesus for two years or five years or ten years, you might eventually become ambassadors. He said, you are ambassadors for Christ. If you trust Jesus, your Savior and Lord, today, you become an ambassador for Jesus today. The only question is, Are we effective or ineffective ambassadors for Jesus? We could all say that we haven't been as effective as we could have been in being ambassadors for Jesus, right? Each of us has something. If we looked at it in our lives, we could say, well, I could use a do-over here. I could use a do-over there. Now, we don't have the opportunity for a do-over, 
but we do have the opportunity for new beginnings. We can live and order our lives in such a way right now that we are in him, that we can be the new creations that he created us to be right now. We can be effective ambassadors, making God's appeal to others, you know, through him. The, the, the question, really, there are two questions that we need to ask ourselves as we start into 2021. Here they are. Do we want to be effective ambassadors for Jesus? And secondly, will we let him lead us so we can be effective ambassadors for Jesus? I'm not talking about wishing that we'll be different in 2021, and I'm certainly not talking about wishing that 2021 will be different than 2020. I'm talking about committing ourselves to living as new creations every single day starting today. We all know people whose lives exude Jesus, right? We all know people who seem to be calm and collected when everybody else is going nuts. We all know people who seem to make us feel better, that we matter, and, and, and that God matters. We all know people like that. So here's the question. Can we all be that kind of people? And the short answer is yes. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. You can reflect the light of Jesus in your life, and so can I. Each and every one of us can do that. Each one of us can be the new creations we were created to be every day. It's part of being new creations that we get to live as reconcilers and ambassadors. Paul concluded his exhortation to the Corinthian believers to live as new people, to be reconciled to God, to be ambassadors for Christ by saying this, for our sake, he, that is God, made him, that is Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus never sinned, yet he took the sin of the world on himself your sin and my sin on himself so that we could be reconciled. Some here, and it says so that we can become the righteousness of God. That's the last thing that Paul said. Some people hear that word righteousness and they think of self-righteousness. Now, those two words are 180 degrees in opposition to each other. Self-righteousness is from the pit of hell. It says that I make myself right. I'm a good person because I'm better than you. That's what self-righteousness is all about. But righteousness is actually when Jesus takes our lives, the sinful lives that we live, and in, on the cross, his death, he exchanges and gives us the right relationship that he has with his heavenly father. That's what righteousness really is as we're talking about it here. It is a right relationship with the God of the universe. And I had people tell me all the time, people say to me, well, I don't want to be one of those righteous religious people. Neither do I. I mean, I don't want to. What I do want to be, I hope what you want to be, is one of those righteous redeemed people. One of those people that Jesus has paid for our freedom and made us into new people. If I had a do-over... If I had a do-over, I would live with the Holy Spirit's power so much more readily and so much more often so that people would experience Jesus in my life. That's what I would do. Would you? We don't get a do-over, but right now, you and I can live with the Holy Spirit's presence and power every single moment. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit after he returned to heaven after his resurrection. That's why the early church turned the world upside down. Remember, those early believers... They knew they weren't righteous people. They knew they were sinners. They knew that they needed something that they couldn't do to be fixed, to be new, to be changed. They knew they needed Jesus. And once they received Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit, they lived that way every single day. They lived out their lives as new creations. Do you want to be a new creation? Do you want to live as a new creation in 2021? I do. 
So here's the first next step of 2021, the first action that we can take if we want to be those new creations that God created us to be as we move through 2021. Here it is. I will start each day remembering I am a new creation because of Jesus. Now that might seem pretty easy, right? All I'm asking you to do is to remember as you wake up tomorrow that you're a new creation because of what Jesus has done for you. But it's not as easy as it sounds. Because when I say tomorrow morning, I am a new creation in Jesus, there's going to be little voices inside of me saying, no, you're not. And the world around us is going to be challenging that commitment. And even maybe we go to work or we go to school or or we're just in our family and people go, well, you don't seem very much like a new creation. You don't seem very much like Jesus. And on the surface, they might even be right. But here's the thing. Being a new creation in reality rests on one thing. It rests on us being in Christ Jesus. We don't transform ourselves. Jesus transforms us. You and I might need a do-over 10 minutes into tomorrow, right? We might need a do-over right away, but we won't get a do-over. But what we can do in that moment is we can repent and we can have a new beginning and another new beginning and another new beginning. However many of those new beginnings we need, we can have throughout the day. Being new creations is God's gift to us. Let's remember that. Being new creations, that's God's gift to us. But living as new creations is the commitment that we make back to God. When we make it, that commitment with Jesus in us, we become more and more the new creations that he intends us to be every single moment. That's the promise we have when we are in Christ Jesus. So, are you ready to live as new creations right now and as we move through 2021? Amen. Everything I just said depends on being new creations in Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, it's simple. Not easy, but simple. Here at New Life, we say it's as simple as A, B, C. A is to admit that we're sinners. Admit that we're broken. Admit that we are not new creations by ourselves. Admit that we're selfish and self-righteous. Admit all of those things. The second thing we need to do is B. We need to believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Savior means rescuer from sin and death. Jesus died on the cross to rescue us from sin and death. And Lord means owner, master. It means he gets to tell us and dictate how our lives should go. And we have a lot of information that he shared with us in the Gospels and in the rest of the Bible that we can use to find out what that exactly means. And then C is to confess Confess to God that we're sinners. It's not enough to admit to myself that I'm a sinner. I need to tell God, I confess to you that I'm broken and I need that new life, that new creation experience that you sent Jesus to give me. And it also means to confess to people around us that Jesus is Savior and Lord so people can see. When the differences start to come, when we live as new creations, we don't take credit for it, but we give all the credit to Jesus for what he's done. So right now, we're going to pray. And as we pray, if you've never trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, you've never become a new creation, you can be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and love. We thank you so much that right now you love us. No matter what we are, what we've been, what we have done or haven't done, God, we pray right now, and I pray especially right now for anyone who's watching who has never trusted Jesus, Savior and Lord, that right now they'll just say, Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I'm broken. And I do believe that you are Lord and Savior, that you have died to save me, rescue me from sin and death, and you 
get to be the owner of my life from this moment forward. And I do confess to you, God, all my sins, and I pray that you take them away, wash me clean, make me a new person so I can live that new creation life from this moment forward. Pray this, Lord, in, in your name. And, and God, all of us who are watching pray that as we move into this new year of 2021, that we will live our lives as the new creations that you made us to be in Jesus that we will be ambassadors who are effective in sharing and reconciling the mess, your message of reconciliation with the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.